Eric Targo. Older than Wexford by seven or eight years. A much-married man, van driver, property developer, kennels proprietor, animal lover, murderer. It was coincidence, or chance, Wexford favoured the latter, that he was thinking about Targo for the first time in weeks, wondering what had happened to him, pondering and dismissing the rumour that he was back living in the area, regretting that he had never proved anything against him, when the man appeared in front of him, a hundred yards ahead. There was no doubt in his mind, even at that distance, even though Targo's shock of hair was quite white now. He still strutted, straight-backed, the way a short man carries himself, and he still wore a scarf. In his left hand, on the side nearest to Wexford, he carried a laptop computer, or, to be accurate, a case made to hold a laptop. Wexford was in his car. He pulled into the side of Glebe Road and switched off the engine. Targo had got out of a white van and gone into a house on the same side as Wexford was parked. No dog. Wexford had to decide whether he wanted Targo to see him. Perhaps it hardly mattered. How long was it? Ten years? More? He got out of the car and began to walk in the direction of the house Targo had gone into. It was one of a terrace between a jerry-built block of flats and a row of small shops, an estate agent, a nail bar, a news agent, and a shop called Webb and Cobb, a name Wexford found amusing, once selling pottery and kitchen utensils, now closed down and boarded up. Mike Burden had lived here once, when he was first married to his first wife. Number 36, Wexford remembered. Number 34 was the house Targo had gone into. The front door of Burden's old house was painted purple now, and the new residents had paved over their narrow strip of front garden to make a motorbike park. Something Burden said he resented, as if he had any right to a say in what the present owners did to their property. It made Wexford smile to himself to think of it. There was no sign of Targo. Wexford walked up to the off-side of the van and looked through the driver's window. It was open about three inches, for the benefit of a smallish dog, white and a tawny colour, of a feathery-eared, long-coated breed he didn't recognise, sitting on the passenger seat. It turned its head to look at Wexford and let out a single sharp yap. Not very loud, not at all angry. Wexford returned to his car, and moved it up the road to a position on the opposite side to the white van, between a Honda and a Vauxhall. From there he could command a good view of number 34. How long would Targo stay in there? And what had he been doing with the laptop, or the laptop case? It seemed an unlikely place for any friend of Targo's to live. When he had last seen the owner of the whitish tawny dog and the white van, Targo had been doing well for himself, he was a rich man, while Glebe Road was a humble street where several families of immigrants had settled, and which Burden had moved out of as soon as he could afford to. He noted the number of the white van. He waited. It was, he thought, a very English sort of day, the air still, the sky a uniform white. On such a day, at much the same time of year, late summer, he had visited Targo's boarding kennels.
and seen the snake. The scarf round Targo's neck had been of black, green, and yellow silk, almost but not quite covering the birthmark, and the snake, which he draped round it, had been the same sort of colours, the pattern on its skin more intricate. Accident or design? Nothing Targo might do would surprise him. The first time he had seen him, years and years ago, when both were young, but he, Wexford, was very young, Targo wore a brown wool scarf. It was winter and cold. The dog with him was a spaniel. What was it called? Wexford couldn't remember. He remembered the second time, because that was the only time Targo had been for a few minutes without a scarf. He had opened the front door to Wexford, left him standing there while he picked a scarf, his wife's off a hook, and wound it round his neck. In those few seconds Wexford had seen the purple-brown nevis, shaped like a map of some unknown continent, with peninsulas running out to his chest and headlands skimming his chin and cheek, uneven with valleys and mountain ranges. And then Targo had covered it. Now the front door of number 34 opened and the man emerged.